are skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Welcome back, everyone. You know, so the podcast realm was a little empty in the last part of 2016. Uh, did you know we had an election? Uh, it was hardly in the news. Also, apparently, a lot of people died in 2016. I mean, some really famous and beloved people. Also, skippers were really hard to get for interviews because everyone has these things called jobs and families and connections to Colombian drug cartels. It was just really such a, a challenge. But here we are, leading off 2017 with a whole bunch of new episodes. One this week, uh, as always, another one in a couple of weeks. These cool cats on today's episodes aren't skippers, although they have the personality and sass that maybe they were in a previous life. I'm just going to say it now. Honorary skippers. Catherine and Matt are the hosts of the Walt Disney World Happy Hour podcast. It's in its first year, but it's a really enjoyable show about Walt Disney World, alcohol, and Disney with kids. They also helped us with our funding for our King of the Skippers game, and we're very help, uh, grateful that we were able to find the time to stop and chat about stuff. Uh, their podcast, our podcast, which park has the better attractions, which park has the better booze, such things like that. Uh, it's a two-part episode in nice bite-sized quantities. We have tons going on as usual, so join us over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, for updates on all of our stuff, uh, jungle history and photos. It's our wonderful home on the web for skippers and lovers of the Jungle Cruise. All right, here we go, everyone. Season 6, Episode 5, as we present our interview with honorary skippers Catherine and Matt from the Walt Disney World Happy Hour podcast in an episode we like to call, appropriately, Skippers and Happy Hour. Kungaloosh, everyone. Good, because I was going to go Andrew and call you Andrew for the whole rest of the time. That's okay. Because um, it's, okay. it's, it's normal. It's my. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's fine, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> uh, so no, so we're uh, three minutes in, and this is a, the intros are always unusual, and this one's even more so uh, because we are once again breaking with our tradition of having ex-active skippers on the show, and we're actually doing a lot more of that because we've got a lot of. Um, Really interesting. I got a really great interview that we're recording on Friday. That I'm, until it's done, I'm not going to say anything. But it's with uh, with someone who has one of those like you know twenty thousand person YouTube channels. So, oh, yes, I'm very excited about well, it. We have a pretty strong thirty six. I think as it's on Instagram. So we, I think we're right there. We, we have not tapped the YouTube market at all. We're just hitting Instagram now with a little bit more more oomph after I realized that it had crossed over my accounts and I was posting to the wrong one for oh, no. three months. Because uh, I knew The jungle is part of you. <laughs> um, yes. It's, it, I, I, I was six-shotting my, uh, my phone. Uh, so, 
man, I am just off track. But yeah, so we're, we're getting more and more people on. But we're having you guys on because a lot of our listeners will know uh, that we just wrapped up our second Kickstarter for King of the Skippers, our light party card game. Uh, that uh, didn't work the first time. Had to relaunch it. A little more modest, but we're uh, we still sold 250, 300 copies of the game, uh, and had a lot of fun with it. But one of the the levels, as people who heard the show last year will know from last year's, is that we invite people to support us and then come on the show and uh, and talk about if they were skippers or to promote their their projects or just to talk about Disney. And what we've done today is these guys. Uh, are very well set with their podcast and their, uh, you know, YouTube part of it. So uh, I'll let you guys briefly say what it is that you guys do and what your shows are about and give the, the quick info so people can find them. And then we'll make sure we hit it at the end and link it as well. So All right. Go ahead, Matt. You're this. Sure. Um, well, my name is Matt, and this is my wife, Catherine. We have a podcast called WDW Happy Hour. And basically, it's myself, Catherine, and three of our close friends. We're based out of Pennsylvania. And this was basically conceived after a night at the bar um, where we all said, you know, we're all, we all are fanatical about Disney. We're all adults, no kids. We love going to the parks. We love podcasts. We think we have kind of a niche market with the fact that you know, we like to drink too. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and we should say since this is not a visual, uh, you know, that we are all uh, yeah, and partaking. And and it should be said that even if you are not a drinker, um, you know, there's still a lot for you um, on our podcast. We do open up every episode with a uh, segment we call "Topping It Off," where one of the members of our podcast talks about a libation you could find somewhere in Disney, whether it be uh, World or Land. But basically, yeah, we we talk about a, a lot of it is trip planning, and it, it is Disney World centric. We are East Coasters, but we do travel quite a, a good deal over to the West Coast as well. And basically, I mean, what's the format? What do we basically I mean, we talk news? About? But we also talk about just uh, parks sure. from our perspective as kind of adults who aren't well, catering to kids. Yeah, and that's that's it's an interesting split because um, you know if you were trip planning in the 80s Disney was 100% about going with kids there was not um, this you know adults without kids or single people I think you know I'm not sure when that started changing my guess would be when the annual passes became a little bit more accessible to people yeah uh, but also around that time you know that you when you had Splash Mountain open and Disney afternoon and Disney stores started going out there. You had Disney galleries and people started collecting. I, I do think it got to be a little more okay to be a nerd and to have, you know, a subset of, of, of nerdery that's out there. I think that just in a broad sense, just the just it being okay to be a nerd has just been so prevalent like the past 10, 15 years. I always joke about the fact that my God, if, if what is cool now was cool when I was in elementary and middle school, I would have just been the most popular kid in school. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, like, I... Oh, you mean, oh, you collect X-Men comics and you are, uh, like, oh, and you're listening to your parents' Fleetwood Mac on vinyl <laughs> at, at home? 
by yourself. <laughs> that is that's some cool stuff now, and it was not back well, I, in the early nineties. You know, back because I, I graduated in eighty nine from high school, and if I had been wearing like a Wolverine T shirt, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been a guarantee that I would be you know getting my my ass kicked. Uh, but on the other side, now all it means is that you shop at Target. Yeah. I know, right? It, it took a really weird like abrupt turn where yeah. it became now now being like a nerd is almost too in vogue that you're like oh well that yeah now you have to get super you know niche deep, yeah. you have to you have to have your super deep you have to have your you have to have a jump a, a, a podcast, podcast about mm-hmm. the jumpers yes well and that's the thing we've we've avoided because we don't do a lot of news um just because I, I don't want it to be a show that people can't go back and listen to old episodes. Right. Um, you know, we have uh, a lot of friends, the guys at the Sweep Spot podcast, who, who do a weekly update of the park news. It's great, but if you go back and listen to a show from two years ago, you know, it's it, that part loses a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to be more of an oral history, so it's a little different vibe. But we, we have some things to talk about today. Uh, you know... Foremost, I guess, being that we're the 4th of January and the park has sold out four days in a row. Crazy. Um, that they, I think it was like 1 o'clock or so today that they, they cut main gate off, which is great because the other option is they leave it open and there's too darn many people in there. Um, when was the last time you guys were at, uh, at Disneyland? We were in Disneyland in September, actually. Um, we had our whole podcast team out here. One of our podcast members scott had never been to disneyland before so this was his first time we thought we had to indoctrinate him Mm -hmm. now that he's like a disney nerd he can't just be a disney world nerd he needs to know disneyland um so they uh the other three are a little bit more athletic than us they all ran the half marathon and two of them did the dumbo double dash and then Catherine and i yeah no yeah we we hung out at the cove bar (laughs) well and that's you know in in the spirit of drinking uh drinking disney because you do have to replenish the calories somehow yeah Yeah. Uh, i'm always amazed by people who do like the 10ks and have 401ks and you know all those things are just seemingly out of my reach for the entirety of my life so um so you guys were there once they had already done some of the segmenting for for we're not supposed to call it Star Wars Land, but they haven't uh, told yeah, us yeah. what it is. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so that's annoying. But so Star Wars Land, you guys were there and everything was down at that point. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you can a, a world where they open that up, and of course you know fast passes prevalent and, and long lines, but there were two and a half hour lines at Indy a week ago. That's. You know, they're unbelievable. So you take a look at Star Wars, which, you know, if we get to a place where there's 70,000 people in the park and they run it at full capacity and let's assume the capacity is around Indiana Jones level, you know, you might get three quarters of that through the ride on a single day if everyone only rode once. Right. So I don't. I actually think that the, the, the opening is going to cause some real issues with park attendants if they keep you know, the gates open all day. I mean, I think it's going to really, um, limited time magic is your limited time to get into the park before they close the gates. Uh, I mean, what's, what's your guys is, uh, I mean, I thought Star Wars in general. Disneyland has a really interesting, well, they, they have a bit of a a bigger conundrum as opposed to Walt Disney world, what they're doing at Hollywood studios, Mm -hmm. because obviously they're doing the Star Wars expansion over there on the East coast as well. And, you know, I, when's the last time you've been to Walt Disney World? Yeah, actually, it's ten years. Ten years, it's been a okay. really long time. And then, like, we're heading back out for the big Skipper get together on the third, fourth, and fifth. But 
Yeah, it's been a while for me. Well, right now, Hollywood Studios is basically a half-day park, you know, because you've got a lot of it closed down. It's it's mm-hmm. basically been in flux for the past year and a half, two years. Yeah. So it's it's basically, you know, you've got your Star Wars, or Star Tours, rather. You've got Toy Story Midway Mania. And then Tower of Terror. And Tower of Terror. Rock and, and Rock and Roller Coaster. And that's yeah. it. And so, but at least there... You know, you have the three other parks here. Mm-hmm. You are adding that expansion in Disneyland, so therefore, when that opens, if they don't have everything running completely smoothly, which they won't, yeah, it, it's just it, that's how it's going to be. You know, you, you are going to run into some big problems like that. Well, they started this year doing really interesting things, like offering annual passes only the California Adventure. Yeah, where, where you could buy a three hundred dollar pass, but it was only good at California Adventure, which I think it's interesting. My argument has been for a while they need to get rid of the lower tiers of the passes mm-hmm. and just go to a $1,000 pass. And, and there's 1.1 million annual pass holders for Disneyland. And that's just too many. You know, if your average person is coming to the park 14 days a year, uh, 14, 18, it's somewhere in the mid-teens, you know, you take a look at the number of visits per year, it's something like 30% of your park capacity is APs. Yeah. Uh, which just really messes it up for people who are the most impressionable, who are the ones who are coming just every once in a while. Right. Yeah, that's. I mean, I thought Disneyland was too crowded when we were here in September, and they yeah. didn't close the yeah, gate. Yeah. Um, it's. Well, you got to get there early. I mean, you got to get there. When we come, I mean, as we have the benefit of being tourists, so we'll stay at one of the good neighbor hotels. And we'll get into the parks, you know, like the, hour, the yeah. hour or two <laughs> before all the locals get there. And we know that that's the time where we can do everything that we want to do. And then have lunch and take a nap, have lunch, take a nap, <laughs> you know, so we, we kind of have it down, but for, you know, locals who aren't, you know, wanting to wake up at the crack of dawn or, mm-hmm. or who aren't able to, or who just want to stop by after work or school or something, yeah. you know, well, it used to be, I mean, uh, it used to be a thing where you could just go in in the afternoon and do some shopping or have dinner, but you know it's it's challenging. And they have made some nice moves. They changed the location and security points. Yeah, so now yeah. you're in the bubble. So yeah, so it's a little bit easier to get into downtown Disney. And- I like that because that would. Pro- I mean, that would changed my mind about wanting to go to downtown Disney because we yeah. usually stay on Harbor. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to go out and double, in because of that double check security. Yep, well, that will be handled. And then um, I guess let's let's go more into your guys' purview of, of your podcast. Um, I will give you my recommendation for my favorite drink here. Okay, awesome. uh, It is at the Napa Rose, okay. which is, of course, the, the best restaurant. We do it once a year for our anniversary. But in their bar, they have a drink called the Bitter Storm, okay. which is bullet bourbon, uh, some orgeat, a cherry liqueur, a, pe- a pear brandy, um, a slice of grapefruit peel on the back of it for aromatics and some bitters. That sounds good. So when you sip, the grapefruit peel is up against your nose. So you actually are getting those those aromatics in when you drink it. So that is my okay. nice. hands down. Have to try it. I think yeah. that, is, that is the drink. So since I'm heading out to Orlando, uh, let's let's talk about where we can drink. And okay. what some of your guys' favorite places are, so we can... Uh, so I'm assuming that you years. have heard the big news about um, the fact that you can drink in Magic Kingdom. Yeah, yep. Which is amazing. I cannot... I mean, 
I don't think I have to tell you this, but you have to go to the, the Skipper Canteen. The Skipper Canteen. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is fantastic, and not enough and, people... And a, and a big menu change. They just changed their menu yeah. over about three weeks ago to, and added a lot of new items. We were there, I want to say... The week it opened. The week it opened. Last year. And it was fantastic. This was before you could make online reservations. Mm-hmm. It, it's everything you think it is. The aesthetic... Uh, the the on-site gags. I mean, it's it's an homage to the Jungle Cruise with a little bit of a... It's it's not the same as Trader Sam's, which has more of a Polynesian vibe. This has more of an African-themed vibe, but it's mm-hmm. very much Jungle Cruise. Your servers Our tread the line between yeah. servers and skippers. You know, their spiel is very pun-heavy. It's awesome. The food's great. Um, and now and it's, it's not made, that crowded. And now you it can wasn't. make reservations <laughs> and you can drink there, yep. which is fantastic. Now you can only drink in Magic Kingdom at sit-down restaurants. So it's limited to you now Skipper Canteen, Tony's Town, Tony's Square, Town Square, Liberty Tree, Cinderella's Royal Table, and Be Our Guest. Mm-hmm. Be Our Guest dinner. Yeah, Be Our Guest, we, uh, we were not able to get a lunch or dinner reservation for it. It was four months out. It's actually... So we, you know, we got a breakfast, but... It's it's good. And if you can go in and see it, that's all that yeah, matters. If, if, if you're able to just go in and see it, it's it's awesome. But the the food is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food in Disneyland, all, almost all of the food offerings in Disneyland and California Adventure are better than Disney see, World. And it's really interesting because my experience of it, we just came back from Paris this summer, mm-hmm. uh, and like Paris blew Disneyland off the map for the quality. Was that the first time you went? First time to, to Disneyland Paris, yeah. Paris, we went. Three years ago? Almost three years ago. Yeah, years ago. The, the, the food and the prices and the quantity, uh, was everything was better than Disneyland. And my, my recollection of Disney World was that there were a ton more options, but that some of the in-park options were really limited. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I think part of it is that they had a lot of outside vendors who were, who were coming in to do things. Totally. Um, what you? Sorry, just no, no, no. we've been jumping around quite a bit. No, what do you think of uh, Phantom Manor? Oh, uh, it was phenomenal. I'll show you pictures when we're done. I don't want to. No, we yeah we yeah we went we went through yeah years. yeah, yeah. But, um it's yeah, it's, it's, dark. It's, it's, it's real dark. Oh yeah, no, the Parisians are not afraid to yeah, scare no, no, the crowd no, no, no. Well, Europeans in general, because look, they they came up with the Grimm's fairy tales, and that was you know light then, light yeah. television entertainment <laughs> for them was you know let's have a, a girl get her her stepsister's eyes pecked out by ravens. That was light comedy to them. That was their modern family. Oh, all, all of our fairy tales that we've adapted from Grimm's are just so oh, we water everything so down. light. I mean, people yeah, get kids get straight up murdered. And yeah. you know that's the way it should be, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you you know if you don't have that sense of danger, kids don't learn the the simple lessons of don't cross the street, don't wander off into forests, don't climb into the ovens of witches. Don't be friendly. modern yeah. modern problems that they are going to face in their life that they really need to to look at. That's why. Millennials are always, you know, climbing the ovens. Yeah, you see it week after week. They need warning labels on everything. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, we the Skipper Canteen, um, you know, they were great. They they did honor me by putting me in the Skipper Canteen. It was very fun. On the back wall of the SEA room on the map, there is a terrible crocker fish. Oh, no, uh, really? So I, I am, didn't know that. I am permanently enshrined. Uh, Dr. David Marley, who we were talking about yeah. earlier, is on the barrel of water that was the delivery for the backside of water. Oh, we got it. Next time yeah. we go, we got to look for there, you. There are dozens of references. Like, I mean, the books are just full of 
references to people who've worked in the ride in the last 10 years and, and longer, and people all the way back who were influential as far as leads and, and people who are on the operations side. So that's kind of cool. And, I'm, you know, I was lucky enough to, you know, throw a few jokes and menu ideas and things and I don't know how much of it they actually thought about using but now now you'll be able to see what's stuck I'm really excited to see who you have coming up from the Adventurers Club because they had some regulars there for a while who I know I like yeah. The one guy, the I, short guy, the short guy who would always dance on the tables and sang Sheikah Barabi. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. I, I will once we get off off air, I'll I'll clue you in on that. Um, awesome. The the things I'm really excited about for the Skipper Canteen. Part of it, the the, the imprinted Moscow Mule Canteen. Uh, mugs that they've got are really cool. I haven't seen them. Yeah, they've got the. Are you a Moscow Mule guy? I'm not, but I just like the mug. Have you had a? I don't know. You mentioned. Do you like whiskey? Do you like, uh, yeah, do you like yeah. Jameson. Yeah. I I got turned on. I'm to more this. of a single malt guy. But okay. Like, yeah, I like single malt as well. I I just found out about this from at when the Cove we were at bar the Cove Bar. Last, yeah, in September. Yeah. And this isn't really a Disney drink, but I'd never heard of it until this point. Now I get it all the time. Is an Irish Mule, mm-hmm. where it's basically fundamentally a Moscow mule, but you sub out the vodka with Jameson <laughs> Irish whiskey, and it's delicious. Same exact, but yeah, I got that one of the... Disney recommendations. Disney recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites is a Talisker with a shot glass of port. Nice. Uh, because then you have a port in a storm. Uh-huh. Oh, right. boy. <laughs> one of my favorite uh, joke drinks. Um <laughs> You know, there's always, uh, you know, vodka and liquid nitrogen. You can have some absolute zero. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you guys should do uh, Disney, like, inspired recipes. You know, I've, I don't know if you guys have heard the Dinner Party download on NPR. Yeah. Every episode they have that inspired inspired by uh, cocktail. You guys should. Uh, yeah. yeah. Our, one, our, our, our one member of the podcast, Holly, is just really awesome that she's like the Pinterest queen we have a Pinterest page that she curates um, awesomely and she loves to take Disney drinks and f- and food and faithfully recreate them and she'll have di- dinner parties and she'll always have she made order. the steamed buns that are popular they have them at the Kona Cafe and they yep. also have them at food and wine but Steamed her steam buns were so good. I Excellent. was very impressed. Real, really faithful <laughs> yeah. recreation. It's always nice when you can say that of your friends that she has great steamed buns. Yes, great she's buns. got great, great steamed buns. buns. <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, we're lucky here uh, up in the Glendale ish area because we've got Arcadia with uh, Din Tai Fung, mm-hmm. which is the best dim sum that you will ever have in your life. And they do the soup dumplings and steamed buns mm. and everything. It's nice. it's the most amazing. Um, and I'll make good recommendations too because there's some good uh, bars and things up in this area that nice. I. Like. We're only here for a night. We're yeah. heading to uh, we're heading Palm to Springs. Palm, Palm Springs, Springs tomorrow. I uh, got some good recommendations. An amazing pizza place there that uh, will would never have been on your radar, but I'll get you. I'm the all ears. It, it, <laughs> right now. Really it is. It is, uh, it is editable, which is the great thing about digital. Uh, but it's one of those like red and white checker plastic oh, tablecloth places. That's my favorite. That's um, my favorite. Yeah, I, I've got it on my Yelp, and I can't remember what it's called. But it, oh, it is. Yeah. It is amazing. So where else? As far as uh, we've got a great. You know, eating plan. Okay. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, Boma, which is my favorite place, okay. hands down, to eat there for dinner or for breakfast. For dinner, okay. And then we're doing, but we're doing Sanaa, okay. so we're we're hitting the same hotel twice, okay? Because okay. uh, I've heard that it is amazing Indian inspired food. 
Uh, we're doing Ohana's, of course, because uh, as a formerly extremely fat person, uh, I, uh, I've dropped 80 pounds since I left the resort. Congratulations. Um, and the last time I went, I want to say that at least 10 pounds of that was the banana bread pudding. Oh, That's so good. Part. That is the my, best part. My, uh, my wife, before she was my wife, I think we were dating nine months, and she made a batch of it at home. Uh, and got the recipe and decided she was going to try to make even down to the, the vanilla sauce. We got to get Holly on that on Pinterest. <laughs> How was it? Uh, it was great. It was, I married her. So, you know, that was it. That was the tipping point. That you was, were on the fence was, at that point. Uh, she actually bought me last Christmas all of the ingredients to make a bitter storm. Nice. And she, and she handmade the orchard. Oh, wow. So, that's, that's, that's very she's impressive. A good, she's a good one. Um, this one bought me a trip to Palm Springs. So, yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. here we are. So shag, yeah, the Shag Gallery there. Shag has got uh, a lot of Disney stuff at the gallery there. Nice. Yeah. You, you can actually buy some of the shirts that were available in the park that are no longer available oh, nice. at his at his store. Oh, that's awesome. So that's a must that go is, while you're in okay. Palm Springs. All right. We'll have to make a list. Uh, and then we're doing uh, Be Our Guest for Breakfast, Skipper Canteen, and one more restaurant. Oh, uh, we're doing spice um, spice road table. spice road for uh, for illuminations. It's so oh. interesting because all of the things you just said are like like complete. I just love hearing people's like go to restaurants yeah. because they're oftentimes so different from our must dos, and it, it doesn't mean that your choices are bad yeah. by any means. Well, but when you have limited time, I mean, it's especially, sure. and we're lucky that we're we're doing the dining plan with a cast member discount, so mm-hmm. we're yeah. you know we're getting it cheapy cheap cheap. Um, how are you getting all the skippers together in the park at one point? No, well, yeah. Is this, say, like, how many you get there, in the canteen? There is a 10 a.m. gather on the Sunday of everyone who's getting together. Okay. And then on Friday, there's a local bar that they're hitting. And on Saturday, they've rented a park outside the the, the area, like, four or five miles away. Oh, they've nice. actually got, like, a picnic thing going for people who don't want to pay for park admission because, you know... I love that we, we made a horrible choice when we started marketing this podcast. And I've said this before. Uh, we, we really target a lot of people who don't have money. Okay. Uh, you know, we really should have done, you know, uh, a golf podcast or Yacht Owners Monthly. Yes. Um, but uh, skippers tend not to have a lot of cash. So there's, there's a fun get-together. And I designed the T-shirts for the people who are putting the gather together. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of people I haven't met before. I have not met uh, Babs in person. Okay. Uh, he is someone we've talked back and forth and uh, being fun. I guess he's hopefully working that day so we can actually ride his boat. And, uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time from, from meeting people viewpoint. There's a lot of uh, the East Coast people we haven't have been able to get on the podcast. So. I think you need to mind some of the waiters at the Skipper Canteen for the podcast, too. Yep. We, had, we actually had the same waiter twice, and he was amazing. What was um, the name? Uh, Robert Rick. Well, we are, we are <laughs> going to try amazing. to do video, um, a, a lot more video of the trip yeah. than I had than I generally do. Well, and once again, six years ago, it was not as accessible, so I never got in the habit of video recording the, right. uh, the interviews and uh, some of my other projects. I'm trying to learn the video and editing and, and incorporate it more. So yeah, um, great. So as far as um, the, the the state of Walt Disney World. Um, I think the only thing that's closed while we're there is Hall of Presidents because uh, they have to install an orange Muppet. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, I, you know, I haven't been paying attention. Yeah. What you're about. <laughs> but I mean, where where uh, after doing Paris, Paris was exceptionally well kept. Really, we uh, had a very different experience in uh, Disneyland Paris. Oh, I 
I honestly think, and this may be sacrilege and blasphemy to many people, it may be my favorite Disney park. Really? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're crazy. Um, I, from having spent, you know, seven years at Did Disneyland, you do one day both parks or did you do One days? day both parks because we had a limited amount of time. And uh, did you? Uh, you were staying in Paris. Did you take the, the train? Took the train out. And That's that is awesome. Actually, that is super for people oh, who are thinking about close, yeah. going to Disneyland Paris. If you're planning a Paris trip, the ease in which you can get to Disneyland Paris, their rail system is it's, incredible. Well, and look, Beautiful. it's Paris in general. Um, we spent ten day, ten nights in Paris, and it is the easiest place to get around. It is the best public yeah. transit system. Uh, it's it's. Look, I mean, there are very few places I would want to live in the in the world, and it's basically like Seattle and L.A. Paris really became an instant number three for me. Um, I would move there in a heartbeat. My business, my commercial photography and food photography business, one of the few places I could do what I do is in Paris. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, really Paris is amazing, it. and I, I hate how every anytime you say like, oh, I went to Paris or I went to France, and your Americans are like. Oh, well, how were they to you? Like they were really they, pleasant because yeah. I was respectful and nice, and I was a good representation of my country. <laughs> it's like the whole thing. A stupid American <laughs> tourist. It's it's like the guy who who goes to the party and says, "Oh, I met." Like if you go to a party and you meet three assholes, then you might be the asshole. It's it's the it's the same concept of. If you go to Paris as an American and you meet three snooty Parisians, you might be the problem. You know, it's it, the astounding thing for me is, is that the the vibe I got was um, before I went was oh you know it's not a lot of people go there and so they don't have a budget they haven't developed it it feels run down it was manicured beautifully like the horticulture was amazing the firework show um, with the the projection mapping on the castle was one of the best things i've ever seen at a disney park the ratatouille ride is mm-hmm. the best ride system i've been on we went before uh, like it was like two two months before it the opened. most recent ride that guys was beginning where there was crushes go coaster yeah the crush coaster was uh was great but if you don't expect it to have the emotion, no, I was, I was like, "What is this?" It, and yeah. you like look at YouTube, and you're like, "Yeah, this there's is a, fine." There's a reason they have handrails coming off of the ride. Yeah, a lot oh of people my, fall over. Yeah, that was really shocking to me. I'm not, I, I'm not a huge thrill ride yeah. person, and that like kind of blew me yeah, away. I was expecting uh, something kind of a mix of like the Dinah, the Primeval Whirl, mm-hmm. on top of like Mulholland Madness. Okay, and that was what I was expecting. Yeah. Like you know. And it really is more like, um, you know, Primeval World on Space Mountain. Yeah, it, it's more of a space. Did you do Space Mountain? What is it called? Space Mountain? Hyper, Hyper, no, Space Mountain. 2.0. Yeah, it was actually one of the few things we weren't able to do. Oh, so and, then, was... and then their Big Thunder was down as well. Oh, their Big Thunder is awesome because yeah. you go under and, and you and that's, on the island. I'm really looking forward because the Big Thunder at Magic Kingdom was one of the things I was most struck by when I was uh, in, in at Walt Disney World last time. Uh, but you guys have a lot of fun stuff that is, you know, we very do. And Before we uh, move on from Disneyland Paris, can I just quickly share a ridiculous happening that happened during our trip? What is it? It's it's Animagic. No, what's the, the Filmagic. What's no, what's the second oh, part called? Disney Studios? Is yeah, Disney, Studios. Disney Studios. So Disney Studios for those who haven't been to Disneyland Paris, which I'm assuming is most of you listening, there are two um, stage shows. One is Cinemagic, which is a basically you sit and you you You're in the movies it. with Martin Short. With Martin Short, <laughs> yeah. and you throw through some cinema. 
And then there is Animagique, which is more of a stage show, which does the um, similar to... It's like Mickey's Film or Magic, but live. But with, yeah, with live performers who are fully in black garb, so you can't see them, and you have neon... Uh, it's like Voyage of puppets. the Little Mermaid. Kind yeah. Of. So we got like maybe eight, seven or eight minutes in, and then all of a sudden it was during the Jungle Book segment, right? Mm-hmm. So you got King Louie, he's, he's you know dancing around... I want to be like you. You've got some other monkeys. And then all of a sudden, uh, one of the monkeys just drops. Just drops, like, flat. And then I could see one of the performers also, like, flat. Just totally dropped. And then it looked like he got hit with, like, a piece of, like, something. Like back- the, the pole that holds the scrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the lights just went the on. The lights just said, went on and they dropped you. in. And they were like, thanks. And I was like, what was that? And everyone was just sat there dumbfounded. And I've never seen anything like that at any I, Disney. I, I saw it at Wicked on Broadway when one of the the monkeys uh, passed out in the middle of the stage and the other flying monkeys drug and it was someone who was climbing, they were yeah, up like yeah. five or six feet and then fell. And the other flying monkeys uh, just kept the show going and slid him off stage and uh, Oh, the show must go show on. The show must go on. I've heard that um, before. <laughs> so <coughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have. Um, what have you guys been on soaring since the revamp? Oh, yes. yes. How do you feel about it? I thought it was uh, terrible, and I, my issue is um, the wipes were too fast, <sighs> and the transitions are ridiculous. And it because there were certain things they couldn't do with with photography, um, but the CG wasn't. It was too uncanny valley. I mean, there was yeah. it was too sharp, too clear. And you have the. I think um, you have the best. The Taj Mahal looks like a Puzz 3D. Yeah. Like, and the first time we saw it, we thought, oh, we got such a great position. But the higher up you are, the more, the more tilted can, everything yeah, is. The more you can tell that it's a curved screen because as you're looking, yeah. if you're focusing on one thing, if you're looking at the Eiffel Tower and you look towards the top, you can just see it curving towards you, and it takes me completely out of it. Yeah. Well, and it's you know, there's a lot of things that uh, you know the, the smells. They've gotten rid of all the smells altogether. Well, no, there are uh, still smells. Was there some? I, yeah, 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 I couldn't get any grass, of them. Yeah, there's still jasmine smells. during Taj Mahal, and then there's like a coconutty. It's not coconut, but where it's all the rowers like out on the, the Polynesian. Yeah, yeah, you still you still have you you have different scents. See, it's funny because like, the orange and pine and all the other scents were so strong yeah. that I just I didn't get any of the. Well, no, but yeah, but Soren, you know, it. Um, I think I've been on it two or three times since then, and I just felt like. Um, yes, it needed to be redone, but there, it just didn't feel organic. But I, I totally agree with you. Like the dirt and the elephant. Like, why did every scene have to be this like a, jumpy? A yeah, just I like the plane and I. I am not. It into felt that. like edited by George Lucas. Yes, it was like the you know the star wipes and you know it, just, yeah. it was a little too uh, Empire. Yeah. It didn't need it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. And I'm assuming you you were a fan of the original Soren. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a fantastic, but it did need to be cleaned up. The really interesting thing about the new one is uh, that as you are going by uh, Main Street, going up Disneyland, you can actually see the cast uh, dining area off to the right, the in between. Oh okay. Uh, And you can actually see people on the patio with takeout boxes eating. Which you have to look really close. The only thing that would have been better is if they would have had a cast member caught smoking backstage during that film. Oh, so good. Uh, because that was my my Disney uh, bubble being burst was the when I first hired in the first day, uh, December two thousand. 
we were back at the in-between, and Alice from Alice in Wonderland walks in from offstage, lifts her skirt up, and pulls a pack of cigarettes out of one garter and a zippo out of the other, uh, other one. And, uh, yeah, so that basically shot the magic for me. But it's still there. Poor Catherine Beaumont. Yeah. She even, if she had only known. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah, fine. So we'll call, we'll call this a good day. Yeah. Refreshed beverages, which are always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go back to, to Walt Disney World because, you know, it has been a while since I've been there. Uh, is that an atrocious stitch thing still there? Um, seasonally. Seasonally. So it's open right now. What is it? Is it like the, the Santa invasion when it's not? God, it's garbage. Uh, it is garbage. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I was saying, I don't know, um, I, the first time I went to Disney World was in 2007. So this was post-Alien Encounter, so I never got to experience Alien Encounter. Yeah. And uh, I've done Stitch once, and it, God, it's garbage. Crazy. Sorry. It's garbage. <laughs> oh, God, it's garbage. Yeah. It's just not good. And, it, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the big rumor is that it's going to be replaced by... Yeah, anything. Uh, a Wreck-It Ralph. A Wreck-It Ralph, like a yeah. VR, maybe? And, and it's such a big space. And but they have so many other things to work on. That's, that's the thing that amazes me about Orlando, is... They've been the ones who have been making money for a while, and they've you know they put it in restaurants and diversions. But it feels to me like they're like they're missing the boat on the attractions. Oh my gosh! Go to Animal Kingdom. Yes. Well, I'm looking forward to everything except for Avatar. There. Oh, uh, my, my feelings on Avatar are very well known. I'm I'm not a. Huge I, it's not a good. Okay. It's not a good movie. It wasn't that good when it came out. It's not a good. It, you know. You know what it was? It was a great demo reel for high def TVs. <gasps> yeah, and it's like. Um, uh, this this is gonna I, if if I'm trying to actually get people to listen to our podcast, I kind of liken it to the Matrix. That everyone really likes the Matrix, but have you watched the Matrix recently? Mm-hmm. It's basically like, oh, like look at these effects. Like, yeah, great, but like it's not that yeah. great of a movie. No. It was great for its time, and we didn't see Avatar. When we had put off seeing Avatar for the we were like, time. well, we're Disney fans. Well, we once, have yeah, to. Yeah, once. Pandora got announced uh, that it was coming to Disney. First of all, we went, "Why?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we we're like, "Okay, I guess, I guess we'll watch it." And we watched it, and we were like, "Ugh!" And then it just made me upset that I'm like, all this time and money and resources. And don't get me wrong, I love Joe Rody. I think he's got a great vision, but I think this is a miss. This is just, I mean, yeah. no one cares about, no one cares about this well, franchise. That's, that's the other problem of making. Properties that are tied in that are not Disney properties because there's a real expiration date for things. And I, I think that um, that's part of the reason that people are, are upset about Tower closing here because they feel like they're moving away from Twilight Zone and they're moving to Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a thing that no one had heard about two years ago before the movie came out. So what's going to happen in two or three years when, you know, the sequels are gone? And, and you know, the obvious thing is you've got um, the choice of where they're putting it really makes it clear that they're going to be doing something with Marvel in that corner of the stu- of the, the park yeah. sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, Frozen Marvel. Frozen Marvel, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I really want to see a Captain America in an Elsa-themed, you know, crossplay. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I think that, but that's why people are upset is because it's it's something that doesn't have that longevity. But that, you know, I have railed against nostalgia, and that nostalgia is is corrupting our experience for a while. It does things like you know, 
giving us questionable, you know, Star Wars movies. Although Rogue One was really good. I liked it. It was, um, it was good. And Force Awakens was good, but it was a nostalgia fest. But that's, that's what, you know, does things like keeps I Love Lucy at Universal Studios and gets, you know, people elected. I mean, we're, we're and as far as, I mean, I know that we're, you're just a little bit older. I mean, you would be a total Gen Xer, whereas we're like that tail end of... We're, I mean, we're considered I, millennials. I am, I am the world's oldest millennial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, let, let's be honest here. If you looked at my career choices, uh, they used to call it being a renaissance man. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, I am the world's oldest millennial. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I, I guess I mean we're considered millennials. I mean, but I mean we're '90s kids, and this is like the prime. You've just seen, just Hollywood just prey on our nostalgia from oh. Fuller House to. Ducktails. Ducktails come back. <laughs> Although I, I do have to say, Kate Micucci as Webby oh. is the best cast. The whole cast. Yeah. The, the whole cast, cast is, is perfect. Yeah. Cast but, is you're, but you're right. I mean, it's. Uh, I have said it for years. It's Disney strip mining their intellectual property, and it's great. I mean, look, they made seven billion dollars last year. But is it you know, the thing? Is are the products good? Because when you when you start looking at it as nostalgia, it, like Ducktails, and I've said this a million times, it's one of those things where. The show wasn't that great. The theme song was awesome. When you when you ask someone about DuckTales, you're like, oh, yeah, you like DuckTales? Yeah, DuckTales. Woo! Yeah. Name one episode of the show that you really liked. <laughs> but, oh, but now now we're going to get our Dark and Gritty Darkwing Duck reboot. Mm, yeah, let's you know, get dangerous. That's, that's, that's uh, on Netflix. That's the producers of uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Yep. Telling the real story of, of Darkwing Duck in a the gritty story, the, the gritty noir. story. People getting killed. And yeah, I would love that. I would love a uber noir, uh, violent Darkwing. Duck. I'm looking forward to the dark and gritty reboot of Alien. I think that's going to be an interesting. Uh, but I mean, yes, that that is the thing is that you know they're they're not taking risks on properties that are you know novel or interesting. They're really just. Relaxing on the things that they know are going to make money, and we keep on giving it to yeah, them. Yeah, that's cause... the thing. And I, I've always said to people, especially in you know, it, with Disney fans, I, I always say, guys, vote with your wallets. If you don't want to see any companies, more or less Disney, turning out this crap, then you know, then then don't buy into it. You know, because if you don't buy it. If you do buy it, they're going to say, "Oh, there's a market for this. We're going to keep doing this yeah. until you stop." Well, and I and I've I've said it before. You know, I I'm not going to tell other people to boycott things, but I will not see anything that Disney makes that's a remake of something else. I won't see Beauty and the Beast. No. Uh, I won't see Maleficent two. I won't see the Cruella movie with Emma Stone that's coming out. Uh, the only thing I might see is if they did a live action reboot of the Black Cauldron because they have the rights again. I um, would love to see yeah. the casting of Gurgi as a real person. No, I, I just want... Uh, that's Who would you cast as Gurgi? Well, just not John Biner. And that was the reason that movie stunk so much, was it was such a bad piece of casting. Oh, I know. He's just was, a weird golem. I like a uh, golem. But, you know, but you've got... Um, you know, a live-action Lion King. You've got a live-action Aladdin coming out. You've got... Dumbo. Dumbo. Ooh. Although the Tim Burton's Yeah, Dumbo. I know. I, I thought that's what you were going to say when you said you'd I, see something. I am curious as to how they're going to get Johnny Depp into the little hat and the big ears. Because, you know, you know that he's in it. Oh, he has to. But, yeah, Tim but Burton and Johnny Depp have been on such a roll recently. I really just feel like they're both in their element right now. I mean, they're just turning out just the best stuff. I don't know if you guys can read sarcasm on this podcast, but... I, I was about to say that's a master's degree in sarcasm yeah. right there. That is, uh, 
No, and you know, there's the fifth Pirates movie is coming out. I just really want to see them doing with their live action department and what they're doing with things like Moana, which is, I think this is the first episode that we've done since it came out. Hands down, one of the best things they've done in the last 10 years. First of all, the music surpasses Frozen. Um, it's one of the first things that the soundtrack has been on a constant loop, and I'm not a constant loop kind of guy, um, but I've probably you know just had it on the background listening. It's an amazing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know things like um, you know we're getting, we're getting our dark and gritty Cars remake, Cars uh, three. You know, you know, and and that's that that upsets me the most I think because. You know, for a while, um, you know, Pixar was this shining light where you were getting your awesome new IP that was fresh and that actually meant something. I mean, you had WALL-E, which is my personal favorite Pixar movie, one of my favorite movies of all time. You have Up, which is incredible. Brave. Brave's... Okay. Um, (laughs) Brave Brave was Disney trying to do a Miyazaki film in Scotland. Yeah, okay. It was, but it wasn't (laughs) Miyazaki. Um... The thing is, that's where you used to be able to go for these really unique experiences, and now it, it's starting to be the Disney animated features where you're finding this. And like you oh. said, the feature film uh, output has been—it's just been recycled garbage. It's been Jungle Book, which is which was one of our, both of our biggest disappointments of 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but you know, you look at uh, look Big Hero Six. Uh, sad as I was that they varied from the comic book as much as they did, was a fantastically it was, fun movie. It was great. It was fun. Uh, you know, I I just wish they would have done Honey Lemon the way that she was in the comics because she was kick ass. T.J. Uh, Miller was fantastic. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. T.J. So Miller was great in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you've got this real dichotomy of this company that when they hit, they hit well, and they do these really fantastic, phenomenal things. But then you get them and. and they just dredge, you know, the stuff up from the bottom, which is my problem. Let's get back to the theme parks. I haven't felt the need to go to Walt Disney World for the last 10 years, predominantly because I don't feel like there's been a whole bunch new to really go and, and experience. There's the first half of our chat with Catherine and Matt from the Walt Disney World Happy Hour podcast. Check them out on Stitcher, uh, iTunes, or Google Play, as well as on Twitter and Facebook. We'll be back in two weeks with the second half of the episode. We'll look forward to seeing you guys soon. Kungaloosh, everyone.